You need a little bit of nasty, don't you? They're the little battles you need to win if Munster wanted to win this game. He lives and breathes line-out. How do they pick themselves up from this? The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. Now, we're turning our attention to hurling and, yeah, it's the middle of April and the championship is starting. Uh, Tommy Walsh, good morning to you. What are you looking forward to the most? Yeah, good morning, Jerry. Jerry, good morning, Johnny. Um, so, yeah, it's so early, Jer. Um, usually, when we played our first round of the championship, it was the first week in June. So you're talking about, you know, two months before and a whole different type of hurling. Um, now, the one thing that is, I suppose, still constant, they're heading down to Parky, Creve, they're out down there. 40,000 people expected down there. I wasn't that a Munster's championship game until I retired from hurling. And it is a great occasion. Walking down the streets um, from parking it up about two miles away from the ground, down the hill, down into that lovely setting where you can just see the crowds and crowds spilling into Parky Creeve. The new stand is amazing. They got a lot of heat at the time for spending so much money on it. But isn't it great to have it? Uh, isn't it great to have it like for, for the future of promoting our sport, promoting hurling? So I can't wait for... For, for the game uh, for Limerick and Cork uh, this Sunday it's going to be epic Jar. Just, just on that Jar, sorry like they got heat about Porky Cueve like the, the, the ground the, the facilities in this country in general are so so far behind like Parky, how many modern stadiums do we have why is it not a good thing that you'd build a stadium as modern as Porky Cueve well I suppose and obviously fund it then properly afterwards ask the Cork footballers about that because uh, they have to get Ed, Ed Sheeran yeah. to play and they're not going to be able to play uh, Kerry there so. our grounds are a joke in this country like our grounds are an absolute joke like you go all around the country, even the top GA grounds, they look like something from the 1960s in communist Russia. Like, they're, they're miles behind. Like, I don't get it, Tommy. Like, I, I, I and, and you can go to this brand spanking uh, stadium in Parky Cueve that should be not an outlier, but something that we should aspire to in several counties. Oh, well, it all comes down to money, uh, Johnny, I suppose. You know, we are a small country. There's more than just hurling. You have, you know, you know, there's rugby, there's horse racing, there's soccer so there's so many sports and it's the same people kind of playing most of them Johnny mm. so I think that's the reason but I think there is a lot of good work if you look at the club grounds around the country Johnny I think the facilities and it's all to do with being practical the, the facilities around the country now for, for practical use I think are amazing there's an turf pitches going in at the moment so this isn't something that will be used once a week or once a month or once a far or you know once every couple of months these are grounds that will be used for people to get out of their houses every day of the week. So, yeah, there might be these huge stadiums, but I think practically there's, there's magical, magnificent pitches, facilities, all to do with the GA uh, around the country. And it's leading to, you know, there's walkways. We, uh, there's a walkway in Tullerone that was probably ahead of their time. Um, you know, because people at that time were walking the road still. Why would you spend so much money kind of a boring walkway around your GA facility. Mm. Now it's being used by everyone from young people to old. So uh, I, I take your point, but I think money is probably, you know, the big, the big mm. thing there, Johnny. No, I think you're dead right. Let's let's get on to the, the hurling itself then. So um, what's the truth about both Cork and Limerick? There are big questions that we don't know the answers to about both teams at the moment. Let's start with Cork. Uh, we had Pat Horgan on the show a couple of weeks ago, maybe just even last week at this stage, and he was... Relatively happy, it seemed, with where things were. Not that they'd forgotten about the the All Ireland final or indeed the league final. It was like this is a journey we're on, and we need to be ready when the championship comes. And that wasn't championship. Championship starts next week. So they took lots of positives from the league campaign. What did you take from it? Yeah, I think for Cork, probably just the unlucky thing for them is they're playing the All Ireland champions. They're playing a team that has won so much. They're 
many trophies in the cabinet. So they're playing a seasoned outfit with plenty of confidence and now a freshness after being laid off for the last six or eight weeks. That's the unlucky thing, I'd say, for, for, for me, for, for Cork, Jar. Um, what would I take out of the league for Cork is that they're doing a lot of things well. You know, they're fast. They're well able to play with the ball. If they can just sort out the conceding of goals and even scores. So now this has been probably what they have needed to tighten up on for for, for a long, long time. That brilliant going forward is that when they don't have the ball, they need to get into tackles. And I did see a big improvement in that in the early parts of the league. And it wasn't even so much, I think, their intensity in the in the league final that, that conceded so much. It's just that they were a bit porous at the back, that they weren't tracking back. So the intensity in tackle, I think, was still there, Jerry, in, in the league final. But I think they just weren't tracking back enough, covering for teammates. So I think if like the scores was a 420 to 123, they score a lot in that uh, league final. It's just they conceded the goals. And the same with Wexford uh, against Watford in the semi-final. They sit, there's no old saying, Jerry, goals are in matches. But also, if you concede goals, you lose matches. So I think if they can fight up and defend as a unit, and that's from 15 back to two, as opposed to just defending your own man, your own mark, your own guy. I remember when we were youngsters going into the Kenny panel, uh, Peter Parry said to JJ Delaney, don't ever forget when you look around, I'll always be beside you. That's a huge thing for, for a young person to hear that. It just gives you confidence to go out and attack the ball. Listen, if my man does get the ball, my teammate, that centre back, or, and Peter Barry would, would have been a much respected figure at the time, I'll be there for you. So if they can take on that kind of an attitude, that if you're a midfielder, you can track back, and, and although like you'll stop a goal at that particular time, when the play runs out, you might be there to just cover off a ball going into a wing forward that's after making a run. It mightn't be picked up in the Sunday game, it mightn't be picked up on, on any podcasts, any media Monday morning, but you know that you save a, a goal opportunity, and that's the... If they can... We're, we're just having some trouble with your, we're just having some trouble with your line there Tommy we're going we're gonna to pull that line and ring you back and, and uh, try and fix it it's 19 minutes past 8 and we're previewing the start of the Hurling Championship which is uh, as Tommy said this weekend a couple of months earlier than usual it's mad isn't it yeah I, I have to be yeah to be reminded um, as we're saying going to the game Watford and uh, my mates were like why don't you stop in in Wexford on the way back it is it's a strange one yeah but um It'll uh, it's, it'll be great to see Porky Cueve even because as you mentioned, um, yeah, they they they, they, do, they do need sport in the ground. Um, that, that's just going to be an amazing atmosphere at that game. I think. Uh, Patrick Campbell says, "Good Friday is in the amber. It's just a grand Friday." Yeah, stay off for most people though. That that kicks it into the good. It's strange though, as a like as a journalist, um, all the like bank holidays never meant anything to me. I was always kind of working anyway, and like I I had to be reminded constantly that it was actually Easter weekend at all because every day is the same really when you're a sporting journalist. Uh, Shifty lad asks, why do pundits like Simeone? Dirtbag football and cheating and acting the maggot. Not for me. All of those reasons. That's what we yeah, like him. Like it's just you know, sometimes you you know I mean I, if I were playing against him obviously I'd want to kick I, him as well. I do also like the fact that Atletico Madrid are carved and built in the shadow of Franco's Real Madrid. Absolutely, it's Real Royal Madrid. It's like we are the kings. We take everything. We own everything. And when we run into trouble, we do sweetheart deals with the government to get us out of mm. all of our debts. And all the time. Atletico Madrid have been the team of the Madridistas, the actual people who live in Madrid. And I've been to a game there. It's a cracking, cracking atmosphere. It's a great vibe on the ground. And um, yeah, I, I'm no doubt it would be better than the Bernabeu to watch a game. 
All right, we do have uh, we've reconnected with uh, with Tommy this morning. Tommy, we were talking there about um, the defensive structure that the Cork, or maybe structure is the wrong word, application that they need for this game against Limerick. Can you turn that around when you've just been humiliated the way they were in the league final in the space of two weeks against a team as good as Limerick? Yeah, I think so. I think because it's a small thing, and um, they don't have to go around changing around their team a whole lot. They don't have to change around game plans a whole lot. It's basically just getting into your defenders and midfielders. The, the psych that you have to defend uh, as well as attack. And, um, you know, a diving block, a diving hook, that's what could win you all learn. We've seen Paddy Marr doing it for Tipperary. We've seen other players, JJ Delaney doing it for Kilkenny. We've seen Tyrone doing it in all Ireland final. You know, diving blocks, diving hooks, these type of things, tracking back, that's what can win you all Ireland. That's what can win you Munster Championships. And uh, I think it's a small thing, but a major thing. We grew Hegarty on during the week as well, and he was not at all concerned about the league form. We were talking about last year's league form when they were kind of not a million miles away from this year's league form. They won a couple of games last year, all right, in fairness, but it was different. There was, you know, um, I don't even remember if there was any crowds. There were some crowds, but there wasn't the full crowds. And, like, they were narky last year in the league as well. They were narky this year in the league. He said the narkiness was because you're just a little bit behind where you feel like you need to be, but we will be ready come championship. And we just have to trust that they will be ready because they've shown us three out of the last four years that they, they get ready for the right time of the year. Yeah, they do, they do, and they probably get ready all the time. It's just that they they went back so late this year. Maybe their fitness and that what and their you know a ball to hand, which is such a, an important part of their game plan, wasn't up to speed. But I think mentally they're probably always up for every game. So that's what lends it to that they don't just uh, switch on, switch, switch off during championship games. Chair, um, I think this league is after really playing into Limerick's hands. John Kiley, I'd say, was rubbing his hands while all the attention was focused on the negative aspects of their play, of their, you know, preparation in the league. i say he himself and Canerca, I'd say, were rubbing their hands with Lee because championship is, is what it really is all about. They have the titles in their bag. They're not a team that's just trying to, you know, win, get the psyche of getting over the line, which maybe Watford and, and Cork needs to do. This Limerick team has done it. So it's all about preparing for championship for them. They take the Munster Championship really, really seriously. They're going for four in a row this year. They're going for, you know, a three in a row of all Ireland's. So, like, it's, it's, it's like if you were in the Limerick dressing room, I could just imagine it. All that you've won and the whole country talking about how you play on the edge, how, um, how you know, how Watford are now the team to beat. Like, it must be just, I'd say, the freshness. I'd say that there's not, not a sense of complacency in that dressing room. I think the whole country is after feeding into that and helping Limerick. Yeah, there must be a lot of challenges there as well because, like, obviously, you know, when when you raise the bar like Kenny did, other counties basically try to emulate you or better you. And Limerick, like a horse trained for Cheltenham, like, you can't just keep producing a team year in, year out who are ready for the league and ready for the championship at the same time. So, like, does it get harder with every year to, like, because Hurling obviously evolves quite quickly as a game as well. Does it get harder for them to say, well, we want to do, we want to go again this year, do we tweak something? Yeah, I think Johnny and Wood, if they had had a decent league campaign, but maybe this is the way it was planned from, mm. from John from Canerk, that listen, let's let's you know just ease ourselves back into the league. Next minute, a few defeats come around. Next minute, the whole country is on their back. They're building up Cork. They're building up Watford. Nobody was even talking about Limerick. Even coming into this weekend, everyone's wondering where are Limerick. No one has a clue. We haven't seen them for six weeks. They're off in Portugal in a training camp. And you know, I was listening to that interview with Gerard Hegarty, Jared, yourself. Like, like mentally, they are they're very well prepared. They're they're in a great position. 
And um, they, 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 I think Caroline Curran has a, a fierce important part to play in that group. She keeps them all level-headed. And I think it's just going to be massive. And uh, I can't wait to see, um, you know, I can't wait to see, we talk about Limerick playing the edge. They're going to play in the edge on Saturday night and I can't wait to see it. Uh, he he did us the day after he'd done the uh, written lads and uh, on the morning before we actually spoke to Groot Hegarty he spoke about his team being compared with your team and how uh, it didn't feel right just yet that they didn't have enough All-Irelands to be able to get to that point but um, he kind of dodged my question about whether or not history was important to them but it clearly is it, it, it definitely is a motivation that they, they have an opportunity here to be an all-time great team and to get close to you guys and to hoover up All-Irelands the way you did do you sense similarities between your group and this group? Just even when you were talking there about the whole country is saying they play on the edge, I was like, oh, that reminds me of something there, Tommy. <laughs> something there in, in your own history about that. Yeah, no, it's, I think they're very much the same, really, to be honest. like Everything that you hear coming out of their camp is everything that would have went on in our camp. Um, like if a lad sneezed at you across the across the room, you'd nearly take it as a slight, and you'd use that as a you know as a trying you know um, prove them wrong. So you just use everything. I think the more you win, the more you have to use. And when you're champions, you're up there to be you know they're throwing darts at them like, and that's just feeding into their like. If, if everyone told Limerick they're a great team and they've nothing to prove to anyone. Where do they go from then? Then I'd say, I'd agree with Johnny, it's hard to go up for every game. You have the whole country, like you've now about this guy playing on the edge, that guy playing on the edge. Like, they're not going to be listening to it, but they will hear it. So, um, while they won't maybe acknowledge it publicly, I'm sure deep down, even if they don't acknowledge it in their own team setting, they will uh, want to prove people wrong. And Geroen Hegarty will love nothing better than to prove people wrong next Saturday night despite all what Tommy says they're still basically odds on or even money to win the All-Ireland so the bookmakers are saying checked, it's, it? it's quite, yeah it's quite straightforward it's 50-50 Limerick win the All-Ireland or someone, someone else. else wins it so which which side are you on Tommy? yeah well, I think so- Saturday night or Sunday against, uh, between Cork and uh, Limerick there's going to be a huge battle uh, I look at the, the, the four guys Kyle Hayes who was supposed to be doubtful with injury and then the half hour line Garod Hegarty, uh, uh, Keen Lynch, and Tom Arcy. They're the four pillars of this Limerick team. They're brilliant players all over the field, but they're the pillars. Take down one, two of them pillars, and you can get at this Limerick team. Keen Lynch is supposed to be carrying a nickel or two. I'm looking at Cork, like, how are they going to come up against them? They'll probably put maybe a ball, play, a ball player on, on Kyle Hayes or someone maybe just keep him out on the sideline. If you know it's Kyle Hayes where he attacks the team, he doesn't move a lot from where he lines out a number seven uh, left wing back. He goes up and down that line. So I would see someone just standing out in that line beside him, just tracking his runs or maybe taking him on going down that sideline. You won't be going left across the field into the full forward line. You're just staying in that field, side of the field if Kyle Hayes is playing and keeping him out of the game. That's one way that Cork can beat Limerick this weekend the other way is I think they'll put Millerick back centre back on Keane Lynch and get him to follow him there were two powers in the All-Ireland final there were two powers um, in the league final so I think they'll put Millerick back centre back he'll follow he's a great man Mark he's as tough as nails and um, I think then you know Mark Coleman just hover around the centre and, and clean up balls so I think that's where they will try and attack Limerick I think Limerick are the favourites for the All-Ireland in my view they deservedly are I think they will win it but um, there'll be a lot to you know, Cork will have a lot to say about uh, this event. The point you make as well about uh, we're we're all 
talking up Waterford and we're, we all kind of want Waterford to reach a level where they're going to be able to go toe-to-toe with Limerick. Part of that is because we want to see Limerick pushed to the absolute pin of their collar to see how great they can be and see where they can take that because that didn't happen in last year's All-Ireland final. But I think the other thing about Waterford is that like they have been building and their age profile is really excellent and they now have strength and depth and it's different strength and depth from their perspective than we've seen in recent years. So they should, they should believe they're legitimate All-Ireland contenders you know, the, whatever journey they're on, they're, they're, there's a strong case to be made that this is a year where they could peak and and legitimately go toe to toe. Yeah, and Jared, it's, it's amazing how small things can change things. Like this, Wat- Watford have not won a game since the Munster Championship has been to a round robin series. They have not won a game. Um, I think they've only got one point, and that was off Tipperary. Remember the time the Austin Gleeson goal. Um, the, the goal that was or was they got one point off Tipperary that year I don't think Tipperary even beat anyone that year so Watford's experience uh, in this round robin series has been terrible so they have a lot to prove uh, this weekend when they take on Tipperary um, and another interesting point from the league here is that Tipperary were beaten by Dublin um, I think it was two, two sixteen to 21 points they were beaten by a point uh, down in, in Semple Stadium. If Tipperary had to beat Dublin that day, which normally you would expect Tipperary to beat down their own patch, Watford were out of the league. Would have been Kilkenny and Tipperary would have went through on eight pints. And we wouldn't probably be talking about Watford. Uh, like Watford drew Antrim. Uh, Tipperary beat Antrim 7.29 to maybe you know 18 or 19 pints. So this weekend, I think, is the most important game for Watford in the last two or three years bar the all the final obviously but this is the one if they can win this like the, the old saying Irish two smart Latin Hebra good starts half the battle this is key for Watford if Watford don't win Saturday against Tipperary and this is a Tipperary team that had, hasn't been doing as badly as people expected albeit they're missing Callanan and Bubbles is out Paddy Mars retired Brendan Mars retired they still have a serious serious outfit down in Melch Park in a tight field anything can happen uh, Tipperary have the added Hunger, I heard you talking about the other day, but hunger, in my view, is a massive thing, huge thing. And I think they'll have a massive hunger, uh, albeit only a part of a game plan, but albeit, I think, a very significant one. And I think the mentality of Tipperary, there's no pressure on them, all the talk is on Waterford, I think will be huge going into this weekend. And, you know, if there's any upset, I'd say, of this this weekend, it could be Tipperary versus Waterford. Right, OK, because, like, um, we've been certainly talking about Liam Cal as one of the best managers in the country and this so it, it it sounds like you're talking about a potential ambush here where we expect Waterford to win at home against the Tipperary team who are weakened but I suppose the Munster Championship is littered with and like Tipperary being underdogs against Waterford is kind of ridiculous when you think about it in a historical context as well Yeah absolutely and like I heard the Brian Cody say before an interview Tipperary don't go away and they don't their traditions, they're a big hurling county. They'll stay producing hurlers. They won two under 21s, and we just haven't seen them um, transition to this senior team. So, listen, it's 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 going to be interesting this weekend. Um, Just gone sideways there, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> Did that plenty it, when he was playing as well. It's the Tipperary lads getting in saying, don't be giving the game away that we're, we're back. Um, I want. I definitely want to ask him what he makes of uh, Leinster and uh, well, how far off um, Galway are in particular. I suppose. Just about to move on to that. It's half four on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Potentially the game of the weekend. Yeah. Uh, the other, the obviously oh, the Monster Hurling Championship. It's, it's heresy to say that anything is ever as good as the Monster Hurling Championship. But uh, 
uh, Tommy Wexford and Galway on, on uh, Saturday afternoon Johnny particularly interested in this one um, this this has the potential to be the game of the weekend and you're talking about the biggest game for Waterford like if if Wexford get off to a bad start that championship could be blown for them if Galway get off to a bad start that championship could be blown for them yeah 100% uh, this is a, this is a big one um, the way I look at this Wexford versus Galway game Ger, it's the new managers it's the new basically two new managers in their first year and the way I look at it, it's new systems versus new players. And post show canning for Galway as well, Tommy. Like this is it's like the start of a new era almost. It is like the huge amount of players over the age of thirty in last year's campaign, Johnny. But this year they're after trying now a huge number of players uh, in the league. And can them players step up along with the, the Garold McInerneys and the Dahi Burks? That will be the question for Henry Shefflin. Will they answer it this weekend when, when, they, when the heat comes on? Usually when you're bringing in new players like that, it takes a couple of years along with a new manager to see who you can trust, see who we can play in certain positions. So I think for these new players, they, they had a, a good league in fairness. Uh, Tom Monaghan is starting to make regular appearances. You know, when they played in the league, Wexford beating 215, I think, to 15 points. But Conor Bielham is missing that way for Galway. So it's going to be a huge weekend for, for Henry Shefflin and all them new players. Um, you have Glennon, you have Hastings. Um, so they had fantastic league campaigns, but can they produce it now in the championship will be the key. For for, for Darren, his Wexford team, uh, Johnny, I think there's, there's a huge change from the system they played last year to this year. We've seen them having, like, they won all their games in, in their regular games in the league, but suddenly then they concede five poles in the semi-finals against Water. I think that's because the defenders weren't used to defending possibly one-on-one. They were used to defending maybe in groups so that you only had to break down the ball for the sweeper. Mm. You have two sweepers, three sweepers. Now they're nearly mostly one-on-one. Um, now the, the joy for the forwards then is suddenly they're one-on-one with their players. So that's why you're seeing Rory O'Connor having a fantastic league campaign. He's really after you know growing up this year. So I think if they can concede like what like um, Cork if they can stop conceding goals they have a huge chance again against Galway this weekend it'll be a fair old atmosphere as well yeah it should be great um, give us your predictions then for the weekend Wexford against Galway um, Wexford just last question on Galway right uh, the, the player turnover it's either a brilliant idea if it works or it's too much too soon if it doesn't. And the truth is obviously always in, in the middle somewhere. Are you surprised that, that they have tried so many so quickly or is that exactly what Galway really needed? No, I think it's what Galway needed for, for the long-term future especially. And even now, like, see, all the great players are probably growing all together. You go, go to look at Alex Ferguson when he's over Manchester United. They're always looking a year or two or three years down the line. Brian Cody was with same with Kilkenny. So albeit, listen, the 15 best players could be the 15 oldest players, but if you're wanting to look to, to the future, well, then you have to start feeding in the young players because they'll only learn from playing with the with the more experienced players. So I think it is the right decision. Like He hasn't landed any bombshells. He hasn't dropped the fella that 
everyone is kind of saying, why is this person dropped? He should be on the team. I think it's a natural progression for this this Galway team. Like they haven't been producing in the last two years. It'd be different if they were coming off the back of two good campaigns, Jar. But I don't think they have. So I think it's more a natural progression for this. Galway just team just briefly on that, time, like the last two times Galway played Limerick in the championship, it was extremely close. That's why Galway haven't like arguments that an awful lot went against them or they didn't perform on the day. So I don't think they've any real fear of Limerick at the same time. Different team now, though. It's a different point. team, but yeah. like it's 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 essentially the same like apart from Joe Canning it's a lot of the same um, kind of players in the spine of the team yeah but I think it'll be a smaller team Johnny Dahi mm. uh, he'll be full back you know I'd imagine Garrod and still be centre back but up far up far as then like like so Niall Burke was huge as in physically physical player as well as, as a huge player on the, on the big occasion Joe Canning was a big player so they've lost you know Johnny Glynn so going back to that All-Ireland successful winning team like They've lot of, lost a lot of physicality, so it's a new type of a, mm. a, a play. I remember after the, when they all earned 2017, we went up to, to Pierre Stadium to play them up in, in Galway, and we went toe to them for a while, but then they just took over like a team at the peak of its powers. So that team, was at, Connor Cooney, that team was at the peak of its powers back then. Now it's not. It's, it's So they're new, smaller players, so they'll have to play a different brand of hurling, more clever. They won't be able to just launch it up and win it and score goals. That was a great goal-scoring team, Johnny, mm. back then. Team, I would imagine, due to their size, that will be more a pint-scoring team, I think. All right, just to quickly go through the Munster uh, predictions. It sounds like you're tipping Tipperary to beat Waterford, are you? Ah, no, I won't, because uh, Waterford, I, I'm just saying there could be an ambush, as you said, Ger. There could be a shot. I'm just saying, don't write off Tipperary. You can't write off any Tipperary team. They always produce good hurlers. Their club, their, their club campaign their, their, is, is always uh, hugely competitive. They always produce stars. They still have, like, John McGrath scored. He scored one, three, or two, three against Antrim. I know it's the la- it, was, it was the last game of the league and there wasn't a lot riding on it, but still when you're producing 729, that's a massive score. Jason Ford, like, is in... You know the peak of his powers at the moment. Mike Breen is is going well. So Ronan Marr, like so, some of them players are going to stand up. So I'd say don't write him off. But Warford deserve huge credit. They've been consistent. So they're, they're they're not just on and off. They are have been consistent. They've been in the last two All Ireland semi finals. Um. So listen, a motivation for them will be to try and get their first win in, in the round robin series since it started. Okay, and then Cork Limerick. Is it a Limerick win by uh, close, yeah. or is it a, a Limerick? easy enough win and that's a setback for Cork what do you think? Yeah no I think it'll be huge because I think Cork will learn from that league final and I think they will uh, learn how to you know they, they won't con- they'll defend more as a unit than, than individuals I'd expect them they would have heard the noises uh, like every anyone with a pair of eyes could have told them that and they would have seen that themselves so I think they will learn from that league final but I think Limerick uh, will be too strong for them on the night and the day Alright and Tommy I know you wanted to give somebody a shout out this morning yeah, so a big shout out to Higgins brothers up in Ballyhanas, uh, Jerry in, in, in Mayo, uh, the Ballyhanas GA Club, Frank Brown. They've done huge work to raise awareness for um, the motor neuron disease over the last couple of weeks. If anyone types in Hurling for Hope into Google, they will see what it's all about. But they, they've done huge. They, they, they sold around 100 kilometres uh, in a couple of days there a few weeks ago. But they're, they're raising huge money, but more importantly, huge awareness. For the for the motor neuron disease up there in uh, in Mayo, but I'd also like a shout out, Jer. Uh, it just brought me back to a funny story when I was up in Turin, a great GA club, hurling club up in in Mayo a couple of years ago. I was presenting medals, and um, just talking to the locals anyway. And 
happened to be talking to one fella in particular and uh, he was just asking me about the club and how it was going and you know I was just saying listen this, this is going alright but I hadn't won a, a senior championship you know and I said to him um, what about yourself did you win on yourself because uh, 24 of them <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> I'd like to just give a shout out and maybe going forward I might give a shout out most weeks but th- this week a big shout out to Joe Henry so he's from the Turin Hurling Club up in Mayo. 24 senior championships he has. Hurling. I think he could even have a football one as well. He has a 10 in a row done. He has a 7 in a row done. A 3 in a row. And he has two 2 in a rows. And, uh, <laughs> I remember I, I went back to Kenny training the, the following night whenever we were training. And I just said to Brian, Brian Cody, and um, I just said... Uh, she said, I was talking to a lad <laughs> there the other night. I said, he has a fair few county championships, you know. I said, uh, how many does he have? I said, uh, 24. And he goes, where is he from? I said, uh, Mayo, Joe Henry. I said, Joe Henry. So he said he played Railway Cup and everything. I think he has a couple of Railway Cups. He was on All-Star Tours. Brian Cody said he was unbelievable hurler, this guy. Right. So, uh, yeah, so a big shout out to Joe Henry and like, to the guys, you know, I suppose when you're in the traditional counties, Durham counties or football counties, they forget about the pockets in the non-traditional places and totally. like Turin, Ballyhan is huge, huge hurling places. So, big shout out to Joe and everyone up there. Ah, oh, good fast. stuff. That's yeah, fast. absolutely. I can I can picture the scene of you sidling up to, to Cody going, I've got a story for you and he's like, yeah, I know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Know him well. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Get out there and do some training. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy good stuff thanks a million cheers that's yeah. uh, this week's edition of uh, uh, Tommy Wall's Goodness he's just unbelievably class I should mention as well um, Dundalk are unveiling a charity jersey in aid of the motor neuron disease for a one-off charity game against Shells on April 22nd I I, I don't know you know obviously the, the struggles of Charlie Bird I think we're all moved by um, you know that disease and how horrific it is and um, it's great to see clubs like Dundalk and obviously as Tommy mentioned there um, clubs making the fight against it yeah you can uh, as you said Google Hurling for Hope and it's at Hurling for Hope on Twitter as well for all the details for that and the amazing piece that uh, was done in the Irish Examiner recently about the Higgins family and uh, motor neuron disease I think it was Kieran Shannon wrote the piece uh, if, I, if it wasn't I'm wrong with that sorry it was Christy O'Connor it was Christy O'Connor who wrote the piece with Keith Higgins uh, well worth your time to read that now 